about this movie. This movie was not as much of a disaster as I hoped it would, but there were a lot of things in it that I cannot reasonably explain. No. There was a lot of um, jumping to conclusions or... You just had to believe in a lot of Christmas magic for this movie to work. But, like, the movie is not very explicit in its Christmas magic. No. This movie could also take place at any time of year. No. That's not true. I disagree. I mean, it could easily take place at Halloween. No, because she said that, like, he was promised he would be home for Christmas. That's why this movie exists, is because he didn't make it home for Christmas. Okay. But why couldn't it be any regular time magic? Because, what if, well, what I'm saying, no, the magic, home yeah. By like a different date. Yeah, but then that wouldn't really work because then you don't have the 12 Days of Christmas song. You don't have yeah, magical we'll, Christmas. We'll get into that for a second. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast where my wife and I talk about bad movies that we watched on a date night and share our thoughts and opinions with you, the listeners. Sometimes we talk about dating. Sometimes we talk about just the movie. Most of the time we talk about just the movie. Um, I'm your host, Nigel, from ajourneyintofilm.com. And with me, as always, is my wife, Caitlin. Hello. And this week, we're talking about the 2015 Hallmark movie, The Spirit of Christmas. This movie has a lot of spirit. Yeah. And a lot of Christmas. Yeah. But my first question regarding this movie is, why... Is it called the spirit of Christmas? Because he is not the spirit of Christmas. Right. Do you think they meant a like ghost, the ghost of Christmas, but they, that's already a movie. So they're like, ah, the spirit of Christmas, that'll be fine. I think there are a lot of moments in this movie where I think they were trying to be clever. Mm -hmm. And I think the title is where they started trying to think that they were being clever. (laughs) But they were not. But they were not. Because... The moral of the story is not to learn what the meaning of Christmas is. Mm -mm. So you're not learning about the spirit of Christmas in that way. What is the moral of this movie? Uh, If you love a ghost hard enough, (laughs) they will stop being being a ghost ghost anymore. (laughs) 
Oh, what are we teaching people? You know, this movie takes a huge leap in the love at Christmas time cliche. Yeah. Trope, whatever you want to call it, where uh, instead it's like, hey, here's a ghost that you can love for the rest of your life. Rest of his life. Yeah. So the the let's back up for a second. Here is the basic premise of this movie. This guy died on Christmas Eve. In what year? Would you, if you had to venture a guess? In nineteen nineteen. Oh, you know that for sure. Yes, because the uh, the alarm code. No. Is the is the day that he left to go do his bootlegging that nonsense? Seems. Why, that why? I don't know because they clearly did not have an alarm code back then. Right. So it's either like a massive coincidence, <laughs> or again, someone thinks that they're being clever. Okay, so 1919, he died. 1919, Christmas Eve, he died. And for 12 days a year, from December 13th until. December 24th at midnight, this ghost is allowed to come back and he is a physical, tangible entity who can eat but does not need to sleep. He can imbibe cocktails. Do you think he poops? I was just wondering (laughs) that. I'm going to say he doesn't. He just eats food? Where does it go? I don't know, but he doesn't need to sleep, so it's not like he's burning off the the, the calories That's or anything. That's so weird. The logic for that seems... The logic for if this movie back as seems ghost, questionable. I don't get it. Here's... This is... Okay. You know what? We're six minutes in on this. Let's just jump to the end real quick. You Spoiler get to the end alert. of the You get to the end of the movie, and you want to know... You want... Ex- I'm so passionate, I'm just smacking the mic around. (laughs) You get to the end of the movie, and you want an answer for everything. Right, because you sat through the whole movie. Because you you just sat through an hour and 30 minutes. You feel like you deserve an explanation for everything. Mm -hmm. But instead, you just get a big, I don't know. Yeah. And the movie ends. And it's over. And it's over. So that is the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. The end. All right. The end. Wrap it up. Short now, podcast. You might be thinking, this is going to be probably, this is going to be an interesting podcast because I do not have a summary of the plot. Available. Oh, I can give you a summary. Oh, yeah. We're going to work through a summary of the plot. Here's the thing. You hear this, this thing, this summary about a ghost who comes back at Christmas and you think... That is a unique spin on the Christmas romance story. But here's where it is not. Because at its core, this movie is about the big city lawyer going to a small town and discovering the meaning of true love. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need to know what the meaning of Christmas is other than she should take a vacation around Christmas time. (laughs) Yeah. 
So in that regard, it is your fairly standard one of three plots available to Hallmark. Hallmark <laughs> slash Lifetime Christmas movie. Yep. It was very predictable. It was predictable, but it also wasn't. Because the movie, in a surprising, again, thinking it's clever, in a surprising sort of way, kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat, wondering, okay, when are they going to tell me what is going on? But surprise, they never do. But surprise, they never do. (laughs) That's true. So. You do find out the killer, so. Yes, but even that I'm still confused about. I feel like I could answer questions about that. I'm pretty certain I know. Okay. There is not a single thing in this movie that I do not have some sort of question about. That's fair. There's a lot of things that raised questions. I'm left with more questions than answers, and I don't feel like the movie gives satisfying answers to these questions. And that's all I have to say about that for right now. All right, well, let's jump into the plot. Let's jump into the plot. We meet Katie, played by Kate. Jen Lilly. Kate. Um, who is known for such shows as Days of Our Lives and movies. Soap opera. Yeah, the soap opera. She is credited as Onlooker in 2011's The Artist. And she's also in a movie called Mingle All the Way. Wow. That seems like another movie we should watch. Uh, no, thank you. (laughs) USS Christmas Maddie Contino. A lot of Christmas films. Yes. Um, Winter Love Story. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, she is a lawyer. Actually, no, the first scene of the movie is her getting dumped mm-hmm. but then she is but they like set it up like he's gonna propose to her i did not get that at all I you was don't like, get it when a guy goes well yes because you knew that had to happen for the point of the movie no but they wanted you to think that she was getting engaged because it's a typical thing that they do in movies where they're like we've been together for so long and things have been well whatever i forget all the things you said but it was, it was, it was, they were wanted you to think that they were getting engaged, but because it's a Christmas movie and we know we can't have that, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. My mind during that scene was not even on the, oh yeah, they have to break up because that's what the movie What says. were you thinking? I was like, the second he opened his mouth, I was like, oh, he's about to break up with her. I don't know. It was, he was a very wooden character. And I feel like they just pulled someone in from that restaurant and said, hey, can you just kind of read these cue cards for a second? You've done some acting before, right? And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I played Uncle Sam in my fourth grade musical. And they're like, great, you got this. She is relieved that they broke up, though. Right. I've never seen someone so ecstatic to have broken up. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she proceeds to eat whatever is on his plate Mm -hmm. to show that she is an uncaring, manipulative individual. 
Yeah. I don't. You don't have anything else to no. say. That? Okay. I had different vibes from that scene. So. Oh, okay. Maybe I was just not paying attention. <laughs> right away. The movie it definitely took me a bit to be drawn into the movie. When did you get drawn into the movie? Uh, the second I said, oh, no, hold on a second. Let's back up for a second, because that's not the first scene of the movie. The first scene of the movie is our... Oh, yeah. Is our ghostly protagonist, Daniel, arriving mm-hmm. back to this mansion, which is an inn, in 1919, on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. He sees a woman walk outside and hug a man. We do not know who these people are yet, so it's mysterious. And Daniel, for some reason, stops for an extended period of time to look at his pocket watch instead of continuing his trek towards this house. And he is clobbered on the back of the head and falls over, and it is assumed that he is dead. I forgot that was the first scene. Yeah. I mean, okay. How many of the great movies on our list have started with someone dying? Well, we watch a lot of horror movies, so. Yeah, that's true. I feel like horror movies usually start that way. I was going to say Face Off, but I realize that we haven't talked about Face Off yet. Face Off starts with a child dying and it only gets better from there urban Val- legend urban legend valentine blood diner house on haunted hill that's actually it so far what about the dolls no one dies at the beginning of that How about death stalker no that's the one that starts with them uh sleepaway camp sleepaway camp starts with several people dying mm-hmm uh, Deathbed. New Year's Eve. I don't remember how that one starts. Oh yeah, that black girl dies. Like, right at the beginning. And, uh... Definitely Grace, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the rest is rom-coms. So... What about Slice? I think, yeah, Slice starts with somebody dying. Oh yeah, that guy gets turned into a ghost. Okay, so there are, I was a lot. In, there are a lot of movies on our list that start with people dying, but they are in no way indicative of the remaining quality of the movie. Right. However, I would say that this one is probably up there in terms of starting on a death and being somewhat decent for me. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I'd probably watch it again. <laughs> this one? Yeah, I'm just going to jump out. <laughs> I'm going to jump out there and just say that right now. This, the didn't. spirit of Christmas is my Christmas perfection. <laughs> I didn't think you liked this movie. I did. You like it? Confusing and all. What did you like about it? What did I like about it? Uh, I think I just liked how weird and crazy it was. <laughs> it's it's The thing is, like, nothing completely out of the blue happens. Like, it is a very by-the-numbers like Christmas rom-com mm-hmm. with a ghost, but it's like the way it goes about it and just such a shoehorned 
frustrating way where it thinks it's clever that I just kind of get a weird satisfaction out of it. Um, I liked the two actors. Thought they worked well together. Yeah, I agree. So that was probably probably it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I get it. Like, you got your Christmas perfection. <laughs> I get the spirit well, of Christmas. Christmas perfection is a good movie. Uh, this one wasn't bad. I didn't dislike it. I would watch it again, but yeah, was n- not my favorite Christmas movie. That's fine. Was it your favorite Christmas movie? So far, I think it might be my favorite Christmas movie. Ever? Though. Of no, all time? No, no, no. Not, for, not <laughs> all time. But that we've watched for the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> we should do Love Actually. People would be very mad at us, but I think it's a bad movie. I would like to watch Love Actually to learn what love actually is. It's a Christmas movie. Rom-com. Yeah, but do you see what I did there with the title? To learn, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a minute. Uh, okay. Let's go back to Katie for a second. Kate. Kate. Sorry. Kate. Get the characters right. Right. Um, okay, so she's dumped. We see her next at her big shot lawyer office. Mm-hmm. And her boss says, hey, we have this in that we need to sell because of this mm-hmm. trust. And I want you to do it. And we're having a hard time getting people to appraise it because it's haunted. And if you do it, I'll make you a big promotion. I don't. But he doesn't. It's not like I'm gonna make you promoted. It's uh, I will put in a solid word for you. Right. Which means they might as well just said you'll get a promotion if you do a good job with this. Right. Because there was no point in saying maybe you won't get it. Right. We don't know because these movies dictate. Also, we were not introduced to any other character. I think there's like five people on set. So there's literally this movie has like 10 people credited. Yeah. If that. Not a lot of people. There are not a lot of people. I was actually surprised when some of the characters early in the movie show up again. Mm -hmm. So she goes to this inn. We know that we're somewhere in Massachusetts because. The inn's in Boston. No, she, she works, works in, in Boston. Boston. Yeah. Which, here's a fun fact about this movie. This movie was filmed at Proctor Mansion Inn in Wrentham, Massachusetts. And there's not a real ghost story with the Proctor Mansion Inn. But there are several references throughout the grounds to Carl BFC 1861. The inn was constructed in 1861, but there is no record of anyone named Carl working on the house, and no one knows what BFC means. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe they have their own Daniel, who shows up for 12 days a year. Maybe. So, she shows up right when the appraiser is leaving. And she's like, hey, Mr. Appraiser, you can't leave. And he says nothing to her and just drives away. So she goes into the inn where, what was the guy's name that worked there? Nathaniel? That sounds right. I don't know. They have him listed as his last name. 
Rafferty. That's weird. Right? I don't understand why they would do that. Uh, he is... He's like the runner of the inn. He works there. And uh, he is like, you can't stay here. The inn is haunted. We have no one working here. And she's like, joke's on you. I have a key, so I'm going to stay here if I want to. They're very open about the inn being haunted. They really don't try to hide that at all. They're like, I mean, I don't know if they don't care or whatever, but I feel like most places would be like, I'm not going to tell you this inn's haunted because you'll think I'm crazy. But he was like, nah, it's haunted. Here's the other thing that I have. This is one of the many questions I have. To your point, they are not, they are very open about the inn being haunted. Mm -hmm. In fact, they close from like December 12th to the 26th to give, he he says it's tradition, but we know, we find out that it's to give the ghost his space. Right. But, okay, they're very open about the inn being haunted, but they also don't want the inn to be sold as like a tourist attraction. They're afraid of people coming to see the ghost. Mm-hmm. But they're very open about the ghost. Right. So, so I don't know. People could already be coming to see the ghost because they don't hide it. Right. You either pretend like it doesn't exist or embrace it. Right? Right. So that was weird. She, in a power move, says, I've got keys to this place, so I'm staying here whether you want to or not. And he's like, deuces. She sets the alarm. 12, 13, 1919. The day Daniel left home. We'll find out why in a minute. I did not know that. That I was thought the I made, alarm code. Yeah, I paid it. They made a kind of a big deal about it. So at, you were looking at it? Yeah. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kate is woken in the middle of the night. By an individual walking into the inn and turning off the alarm. She is startled and a vase falls on her head and knocks her out. So she wakes up the next day and immediately calls the sheriff. Who says, there's no one here. Well, the ghost also kicks her out of the house with a blanket and then she calls the sheriff. Right, because he does show up and she says, you trespassing. And Mm -hmm. he says, no, I'm not. Now, here's another question that I have about this movie. Perhaps it is because she bonked her head on the vase. Perhaps it's for other reasons. We don't know. She seems to be quite lucid when she wakes up. Right. When she first arrives at the inn, she picks up a picture of Daniel and looks at it. The same picture of Daniel is in the hallway in a different frame. Again, they're not trying to, like, hide the fact that a ghost is here. Right. They, like, have his picture everywhere. They do. All over the house. I don't know why they have the same picture of him in the hallway with the newspaper article, but... They do. They do. They. I guess they only ever took one picture of this guy. It was the the 1900s. They... Film... Pictures were rare, I guess. Weren't taking them selfies yet. Right. She does not recognize this ghost. She does not look at him and say, hey, you look like the guy in that picture. Mm-mm. She says, you're a strange man in this house, and I'm going to call the cops after you kick me out. Mm-hmm. She also doesn't really 
argue with his claim to be left alone there. So that was weird. She's not like, you're not supposed to be here. I don't know who you are type thing. She doesn't even try to find out who it is. She just assumes that he's some stranger, even though he claims to be part of the inn in like, confusing myself more. Yeah, I don't know how to help you out there. <laughs> so there's like a whole thing with the sheriff. Mm-hmm. She calls him a bunch of times and he, he he comes out and he's like, you're loony lady. Um, Eventually. And Nathaniel shows up. Yeah, Rafferty. Rafferty. I'm just going to call him that for safety because the last time I messed up a name, that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Rafferty is like, this is Daniel. He's a ghost. He shows up for 12 days a year, and we let him hang out at the inn. She says, well, that's weird. And Did you know Rafferty was coming back? No, that's that was one of the things. Is like, So I thought this was going to be like the two of them in seclusion, right. like looking through old books, finding like the deed, and like solving this mystery together. Mm-hmm. But then Rafferty comes back and he has to explain everything to her. And that just kind of completely threw off everything I thought this movie was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It would be much more believable for them to fall in love with each other if they were in isolation. Right. Instead of trying to. I don't really know. The timeline of this movie is weird. Well, it's over 12 days. Well, thank you. (laughs) I got that. (laughs) But they only show, like, four days. It seems that way, yes. Yeah. And we also don't know how long she leaves for before she comes back. Right. On Christmas Eve. Throughout the movie, there are these flashbacks to Daniel and his life. Because she's essentially trying to help Daniel figure out... Who killed him so that he can go be rest for good, go, you know, to the afterlife for good. Right. So she she can sell it. So that she can sell it because she thinks if we find your killer, you'll rest in peace. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. But he's the spirit of Christmas. He is the spirit of Christmas. (laughs) Rules do not apply to him. Without him, Christmas spirit would be dead. Well, that's (laughs) that's like the implication of the title and kind of at the end. Well, we'll get there. Whoa. I think you thought way more about this movie than I did. I told you I had a lot of thoughts about this in the shower yesterday. (laughs) So here, let's pause for a second, okay? Okay. A motif throughout this movie is the 12 days of Christmas. Right. Okay. They play the song right at the beginning of the movie. Daniel plays the song on the piano. Mm -hmm. He can show up for 12 days. He was gone for 12 days. They make a very big deal. 12 is the number. 12 is the number. Mm -hmm. So I said... I feel like he had left on December 12th. And he left on December... No, he left on the 13th. 13th, right. I said if only he had left on... If only, right. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I said, I bet there's some kind of weird nonsense going on with the 12 days of Christmas on here. Mm -hmm. So I did some Googling, hoping to find something meaningful within this movie. She also said that she loves the 12 days of Christmas book, Lily. Right. Mm -hmm. 
That's a weird thing to like. I don't know anyone who really enjoys the 12 days of Christmas. No. It's just kind of one of those things that exists around Christmas time. So I said, I'm going to do some digging. Because maybe there's some kind of connection that's being unsaid in this movie regarding 12 days of Christmas and the spirit of Christmas and Daniel coming back. There is not. That's the short answer. Well, I feel like people who watch these movies aren't going to try to find They're not going to dig into it as much as I'm digging into it. The 12 days of Christmas technically starts on Christmas Day and is the 12 days between Christmas Day and January 5th slash 6th or whatever it is when Epiphany happens, which is technically the celebration of the Magi showing up to give Jesus his gifts. I did not know that. It's like a, it's like a whole thing where some some denominations of uh, churches they do like a bunch of feasting during that time. They have like a bunch of different feasts, one for like every day, and some are like, no, 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 we're gonna fast during this time. And that is two very different extremes. It is, but then at some point, because of how commercialized Christmas is, and because we focus more on Santa Claus than the actual like Christian aspect of things. The 12 days of Christmas then became the 13th through the 25th. Oh. So I guess it has the 12 days in that regard. What were we supposed to do? Are we supposed to do something the 13th through the 25th? No, it's just... Those are 12 days before Christmas. <laughs> that's that's essentially what it's become at this point. All right. But like, so like sometimes they'll do like multiple days of gifts... During the OG 12 days of Christmas. I'm going to start that tradition Along with, with feasting and stuff. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat 12 yourself. days <laughs> style. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that was a, an interesting little bit of history that had no bearing on this movie. They just said, you know what sounds cool? 12 days of Christmas. Spirit of Christmas. He's a ghost. 12 days of Christmas. Okay. I was really hoping for something there. That, yeah. like, 12 Days was, like, some tragic song in May. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I was hoping for. Well, Just something more than what we got. Yeah, sorry to disappoint, but yeah. it means nothing. So, in these flashbacks, we discover Daniel inherited this inn from his dead parents with his brother, and he hung out with his cousin a lot I forget if he had to like financially support his cousin or if his cousin kind of worked there or what I don't remember that just his cousin was there his cousin is important to the story though Harry Harry when we first so we we've cut to these flashbacks is that his brother's name no his brother's name was uh Oliver oh okay I think or Charles. Charles was his brother. Okay. That's weird. He has a beard in these pictures. Oh, no, that's definitely him. Because he had that weird lisp, right? Sure. Okay. When we, So we first meet uh, Harry and Charles in the flashback. And Harry... This, this movie does weird anachronistic things with, like, 
Christmas lights being outside of the inn in 1919. Yeah. That, but like the rest of the house has like gas lights mm-hmm. and candles, but they are electric lights outside. <laughs> they uh, couldn't take it down from shot to side. Yeah. Shot because it was in the the current day version. They're not going to take it down just to film a 1919 version. Yeah, Rachel. because that's not that important no. to a story that takes place over a couple hundred years. Right. In a Hallmark movie. In a Hallmark where movie. Only lonely women watch it. And us. And us. <laughs> and everyone I've recommended this movie to so far. Who did you recommend this movie to? I told the Ots and I told Clayton. The Ots might enjoy it. I don't think Clayton will like this movie. I don't know. They watch... He's been texting me about some weird movies that they watch this time of year. <laughs> the other thing that's kind of... In, two other things that are anachronistic. Daniel's haircut... Yeah, very modern. Very modern. Very hipster-esque. Very, yes, like 2010s hipster haircut. 10? No. 2010s, like like during that 10-year period between 2010 and 2020, in which it is right now. Yeah, This movie came out in 2015. Yeah, I know. Okay. Just making sure that you're on my page now. Yeah. Are you? 2010s, yeah. That seems right. Okay, you're just looking at me like <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm concerned by your look. No, I think you're right. I think that's when the hipster vibe started. Yeah, or, I mean, or blew up. Yeah, I mean, we were in college when right. it started, so it was early yeah, so that 2010s. seems right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Daniel's hair looks like it was, you know, he got a cut for himself to look good. Right. And they said. You kind of got, like, a 1919 thing going on. <laughs> That's basically what they looked like then. Yeah. They definitely could do fades then. Oh, you know what else bothered me? What? The guy who played Daniel was definitely, like, a discount Henry Cavill type. Yeah. Through the whole movie, I just wanted him to be... Henry Cavill? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Harry... Henry? Harry. Harry. Harry's sweaters looked like he just walked off the J. Crew. Oh my gosh. Floor. Yeah. Those were not 1920 outfits. I mean, I don't know if they were or they weren't, but I would definitely say that they were not. I would say that ingenuity didn't happen. Like the, that little button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The weird button thing. Up yeah, there. I'm going to say that wasn't around in the 1919s. No. Plus, so, like, everyone else was wearing collared shirts with suspenders, which I feel like is more appropriate, but yeah. he's in a J. Crew sweater. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he just walked off the cover of, like, a J. Crew catalog. Yeah, so I don't... That was a weird choice. It was a very weird choice. And then Lily looked like... I would not say that was a 1919s dress. Yeah, I don't know. It was too... Um, Victorian. Too Victorian, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just say that we're not experts in eras of clothing. No. Particularly early 1900s, but we're about 98% (laughs) sure that there were some issues with what they were wearing. Yes. Is that fair? That's fair. What's this movie rated? 
it is unrated because it was uh, made for TV. Okay. Normally unrated means you see like boobs and violence, but uh, not in this case. Yeah, I feel like it's a very hard G. This would mm, PG. They talk about drugs, so yeah. Yeah. And you see them shirtless. Oh, they don't talk about drugs. They talk about alcohol. Yeah, and bootlegging. That's what I was getting to. So Daniel was a bootlegger, and that's why he was gone for 12 days. That's all you really need to know. Because he goes to Montreal. He goes to Montreal in on the 13th. Oh, what's his stupid's name? Harry. No, say... Oh, LeBeau or... Yeah. Something LeBeau. Colonel LeBeau or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he meets a colonel. Yeah, he... Probably. <laughs> And we know from the movie that Daniel prefers to be known as a rum runner, not a bootlegger. Because right. that sounds so much classier. Right. He did it, though, because he the inn wasn't doing too hot. Yes. So he needed to make money. Yeah. And he, he and Harry did not want to tell Charles where the money was coming from. Because Charles like a goody-goody. Yeah. And Lily knew what was up, and she didn't want him to go, but he was like, I got to, to provide this life for me. And she wanted to turn the end into this, like, massive library mansion thing. Which, based on the few number of rooms they showed, it did not feel like an inn. No. On the inside. Where would everyone sleep? I don't know. There was, like, two bedrooms. But the, the outside, it looked massive. Right. All right. So... To speed things up a bit, Kate says, hey, Mr. Ghost, we need to figure out why you're here, which probably means figuring out why you died and who killed you, and then your spirit will be free. And he says, I don't like it. I just want to spend 12 days reading and gorging myself, but... Because he loved grilled cheese. He loved grilled cheese and eating whole chickens. Do you think they had grilled cheese in 1919? I mean, he could have he could have found it like in years to come. I'm just asking a question. Yeah, but like if they left the inn, if he was alone for those twelve days and no one was around, who taught him what grilled cheese was? True. It's not that. Maybe he picked up like a cookbook back in the day. Maybe that, and that goes back to my thing. He's got that shelf full of books at that one point. I would love to just see like some random modern books on there, like the Da Vinci Code or. Martha Stewart, or not Martha Stewart, Betty Crocker's, like, right. entertainment book or whatever. Like, it'd be funny. He probably, he doesn't want to read the same books for the entirety of his life. Right. Yeah. I just wonder when grilled cheese, I'm going to Google it. I need to know when grilled cheese became a thing. Okay. I can keep talking, though. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, okay. So, he agrees to it, begrudgingly. Because he doesn't want to. Okay. That was fast. Um, although no one can pinpoint the pre- precise origin of grilled cheese, the sandwich became very popular in the 1920s. When, scho- uh, when scholars speculate some enterprising individual came up with the idea to make grilled cheese sandwich, and it quickly spread commercially. So it's not unreasonable that he maybe no. knew about it beforehand. Yeah, so it's not. That's neat. Even I though it took that. off in the 1920s, which yeah. was after he died. Right. But that's fine. Because, like, because Henry could have taught him, though. Because he, he did meet up with Henry every year after he died. No, he didn't know that Henry Harry was there. 
Yeah. That was the whole. That was the whole twist at the end. Not no 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 when he when Henry was still alive or Harry whatever his name is oh yeah 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 he yeah. he he met up with them so he yeah, could maybe Henry Harry cheese. brought him some Montreal grilled cheese right yeah okay uh okay where are we what are we talking sorry about? I derailed us but I need no. to know when grilled cheese became a thing so along the way mm-hmm. of things get kind of muddled because they throw a party. At their place because Molly's pub floods and she's like, we should do it in the oh, bar room Molly? here. Molly is the pub owner next door that Rafferty has a crush on and Molly has a crush on Rafferty. And the sheriff's sister. And the sheriff's sister. Right. I forgot about that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He, uh, so they throw this party because Daniel feels the need to show off his bartending skills that's that's pretty much it. That's why yeah. they have the party. He's mm-hmm. like, you don't know how to have a proper cocktail. I'm going to show you how to do it. Because all bootleggers know the cocktails. He did. He did. And nothing is more appropriately hipster than him knowing all these like 1919 cocktails. I imagine and making them in mason jars and making them in freaking mason jars. Hipsters love their mason jars. That honestly seeing that in this movie disgusted me. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So along the way at some point, this shadowy entity appears in the hotel and starts mm-hmm. telling Kate to get out. And we're like, oh, snap. Is there a second ghost here? And you realize that the second ghost might be the actual ghost that's telling people to that's get out. scaring the inspectors or whatever they're called. The appraisers. Appraisers. Yeah. Yeah. Scaring all the people away. Right. And you're like, what? Because Daniel only shows up for 12 days a year. Are they only there for 12 days? The specters? The, yeah, the ghosts. The no, I ghosts. think they're there all the time. Then why do they only scare people sometimes? Why don't they scare the ghost? Or the guest, I mean. I don't know. Okay. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, this movie doesn't make <laughs> sense. He, uh, and so the mystery then becomes, well, maybe this other ghost is who killed you. Right. And we have to figure out who it is. There's also this weird C-plot about Lily, Daniel's love, marrying his brother after he died and potentially having a child that may or may not have been Daniel's, which is why Lily married Charles. Because they weren't married. Lily and Charles? No, Lily and Daniel. No, they didn't get married. Okay. Um. So... The wedding, the yeah, the wedding to Charles would have been to cover up the scandal of this baby. I really didn't care about that. No. I feel like it added nothing to the plot. No, it just needed. I guess it gave him a reason to like forgive her I for guess so. marrying Charles. Right. Even though it seems reasonable that a young woman whose lover dies in the early 1900s would. Marry someone else for security and everything else that you married for back in the day. 
Throughout the movie, Kate's boss keeps calling her and says, you're not there to have a vacation. You need to get this appraisal done, whatever. And then she gets called back to Boston because something else comes up. Because, oh, somebody died. Yeah, somebody else died. And And he says, this is more important than that other person who died and selling that in. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought it was reasonable for her to want to be at the inn while trying to sell it. Right. But But the boss did not agree with that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what was going on with that. Well, the boss basically said, "Um, I need you to do my work for me. Oh, yeah, because he was in the Bahamas. Well, yes, but he was also like, you do my work for me. It makes my life easier. And then I'll put in a good word so you get this promotion. Yeah, so he's just stacking things on. Right. Honestly, anytime this is one of those movies where there was kind of a lot going on. So anytime her boss called her, I said, oh, yeah, that's why she's there in the first place. They could have. They could have just had her go there and the boss never talks to her ever again. And I would have thought that was completely reasonable for this movie. (laughs) Yeah, she could also be a realtor. She could have been a realtor working in that town. Right. Or a town over. Right. Because this is a small town. I don't, I don't, why does she have to be a lawyer with an estate agency or something? I don't, I don't There were a lot of interesting quandaries about this movie. It's like the movie made it harder for itself. That's a good way to put it. She, Kate buys a Christmas tree for the place and says, I'm going to bring a Christmas tree back here every year so that you feel like it's Christmas. Every year. That's a tall order. That's a huge commitment. Yeah. For a ghost. Yeah, because at some point she's going to die. Right. And the ghost will still be there. And he will never age. Right. But she says that she's going to do it. Right. Because she didn't know what love was until she met this ghost. And saw him shirtless. And that part like really bothers me because... There is no reason that we should believe these two people are in love. What do they have in common? She knows, like, his entire story. And he knows, like, her parents were divorced. Right. And that they Christmas tree made Christmas feel normal for her. Right. They know nothing about each other. Like, they don't have any similar likes or dislikes. I mean, I don't like montage scenes and rom-coms anyway, but at least then you can see them, like, sharing common interests. Yeah. They didn't even do that in this movie. To make things worse, what he did for a living was illegal at the time. Right. And she's a lawyer. Right. Talk about opposites attracting. Yeah. That's true. In the worst way. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't have any, any belief that they had a solid foundation. No, they're, they're, this relationship should not last. Right. There's nothing Which is why the, the ending really bothers me. Not the very ending, but yeah. There are parts of the ending that are problematic to the continuation of their relationship. Well, yes, but also he could have left with Lily, who was his true love. Right. I think he should have done that. That would have made so much more sense. Right. All right, let's just skip to the end. Okay. So... 
Because nothing, nothing, they have a party. Right. Okay. So she has to go back to Boston. He gives her his pocket watch. He's like, it might disappear when you leave. Because that's what happens to him when he tries to leave. He disappears and shows up back in the house again. Doesn't make sense because he wasn't killed in the house. He was killed outside of the house. And arguably hundreds of yards away from the house. But so why he shows up in the house, I do not know. He should show up where he died. Right. Maybe that's why he was in the woods at the end. It reset because it was a new day and he was in the woods. That's my but explanation for it. is he a person though? Yes, he's a person. He is a, so is he going to age? Probably. Hope, yeah, I think we're supposed to. Okay, we'll get there in a <laughs> sec. Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. So she says, boss, I'm going back to the inn. Mm-hmm. To finalize a sale because Daniel called an appraiser to come look at the house. And then we find out that Rafferty and Molly are going to buy the inn and run it together. Mm-hmm. At one point, you think that something's going to happen and uh, Kate's going to buy the inn through like lawyer magic, uh, but that's not what happens. That would have been a more satisfying ending to this movie. Yeah, I think Kate in many regards. It, but. Because then but, it would and make sense. I think sense. Daniel should have left. Well, even if, like, whether he stayed or left, if she had kept, if she had managed to buy the inn, then she could have the whole Christmas tree of a year thing, and right. like a pseudo relationship for them would have made sense at that point. Eh. In a weird roundabout sort of way that makes sense within this movie's logic. <laughs> so she goes back on Christmas Eve where they're having a big final hurrah Daniel is supposed to disappear at midnight because that's when he died midnight Christmas Eve if we have not stressed that enough or said that already another 12 another 12 while he's there he feels the hand of Lily touch him oh so so Daniel and Kate are dancing and then the sheriff comes over and says hey Kate let's dance it was so awkward. And it's kind of like, this is the equivalent of that. It's like, Hey, you remember when I answered all those calls to check out the intruder and no one was here? Let's dance. <laughs> that was a little weird. I think they just needed a reason to get Daniel alone. Yeah. I think so. But that I feel like Rafferty could have, it would have made more that sense made for more Rafferty. Sense. But it could, but that couldn't happen because Rafferty had to dance with Molly and finally get their relationship but, off but the ground. But what could have happened is like Hannah and Rafferty could be dancing, and Hannah could have. Who's Hannah? Or I mean, I don't know. Kate. <laughs> I think Hannah's the other girl. No. Rafferty's girl. Molly. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, You're just listen. adding characters to the movie. <laughs> listen. All right. This movie needed more characters. <laughs> Kate. And Rafferty could be dancing. Kate gives Rafferty the encouragement to go dance with Molly. Makes sense. Then she breaks free to go back to be with Daniel. But didn't Daniel encourage him to go dance with Molly? Yeah, but we didn't really need that. Why did we need that? It could have been done with Kate, so. Yeah. Okay, so Daniel's by himself now. Through this movie's weird serpentine logic. Again, it made it harder for itself. I just simplified that. You did. Like I said, they thought they were being so clever with this movie. Daniel feels Lily's hand on his and looks up 
She's not holding his hand. She's now across the room. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. He could have just looked up and seen her. And then he follows her. And then Kate goes after him. And to try and simplify this whole process, we find out that Harry killed him. And Harry is also the ghost in the inn. Why did he kill him? Because LeBeau threatened Harry's family. And Harry, being the coward that he is, said, it's going to be easier to kill my cousin than to try and figure this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, Kate figures it out because she's like, someone had to, if if your brother and Lily were here, then it had to be someone who followed you the no, same way home. I think Lily, Lily figured it out because Lily said... Think who wasn't here. Think. I don't remember Lily saying anything yeah. in this movie. Yeah, she Other goes, than it's your choice or whatever she said at the end. No, so she so she goes, think. Um, think, Daniel. Who wasn't here? And then that's when he starts remembering Lily and his brother on the porch. Right. And then he's like. Oh, yeah, because he goes outside and he sees them. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, so, so she's like, who wasn't here? And he was like. And then he was like, it had to be somebody that knew my route. And then that's how he. Yeah. And Kate's watching this whole thing go down. Yes. And she's just watching. Yeah. So Harry is like, I stayed here because my fate was tied to yours. And basically he was too chicken to go to afterlife. That's pretty much what happened. Daniel's like, yeah, that's not true. Just go get judged for killing me. (laughs) You're not a bad person. You killed me. And it's like, well, he was. Involved with a lot of illegal people. Yeah. So we can't really say that. You know, but Harry goes off into the afterlife. Daniel has a moment with Kate where she says, I don't know if they, she admits that she loves them, but they kiss, but she passes out for some reason. Well, yeah, but before that, doesn't Lily and Daniel reunite or something? No, they have theirs after After. Kate passes out. That was weird. I think his kiss put her to sleep. (laughs) this this is a magical kiss that knocked her out this movie it reaches a point i have no doubt that the writers reached a point in this movie where they said oh we forgot to solve the mystery of who this other (laughs) ghost is we just got cut it's also christmas eve where clearly the climax needs to happen uh so how are we going to wrap all this up and they end up together (laughs) And they said, I don't know, just figure it out. His kiss puts her to sleep. And he's like, he starts, he monologues after she's asleep about how he hopes that she now knows how to love people. Yeah. And be in a relationship. Yeah. I don't know if this is like some kind of psychic thing where he's in her dream telling her this. I don't know. He suddenly has all these ghost powers that the movie (laughs) does not allude to beforehand. And yeah, because that's not the first time they kissed. The first time they kissed, she didn't fall asleep. Right. The first time they met, though, she bonked. Maybe he hit her over the head with another vase (laughs) and we just didn't see it. What if what if what if what if this movie had been a dream? Like she gets bonked on the head with the vase and then she wakes up thinking that like his kiss put her to sleep and she is like in the hospital. 
not in the hospital, but just like wakes up in her bed and was like, oh, like what happened? And they're like, you got hit on the head with a vase. What happened? And she's like, I don't know. Someone broke in. And they're like, well, yeah, the whole place was robbed. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll never tell. But in her dream, she learned the true meaning of love from the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. I kind of like that ending better than... I would have just liked it if he would have just left with Lily. Right. That would have been fine. He goes down. He meets up with Lily and they go outside. And she's like, all right, I'm going to move on. Like, you can leave now. I don't know why he can leave now. I think because they saw the mystery. (laughs) We still don't know why he came back for 12 days every year and why he was a physical person. Okay, he... He came back for 12 days every year because that was Lily's Christmas miracle. Remember, she said that. She said that. She said, it was my Christmas miracle to you because he used to think it was a curse. But then he's like, but actually it was a miracle. And Lily gave that to me. It was her Christmas wish. Is that her ghost power that she can make ghosts into real people? It's her Christmas wish power because she said it on the porch with what's his face. So, So he comes back. That's why he can come back for 12 days. Um, what was your other question? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. I figured that one out. Okay. So anyways, Lily's like, you can leave now. Which, again, I don't know why he couldn't leave before. Because he, he... No, that, that is a curse where (laughs) she's like, you can't leave. You have to come back for 12 days every year. Until you find out who your killer is. Until you find out who your killer is. That's stupid. No. I don't, I, if that happened to me, if you were like, I want you to be be able to come back for 12 days every year as a physical person, I would be so angry with you. I would put it like over a crappy time too. What's a bad month? Like February or something. Nobody likes February. February's not that bad. I think May. May would be a bad month. Yeah, but you don't like May either. (gasps) On May 12th. That would. <laughs> the twelves are everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It's a sign. It's it something significant with our lives with a twelve is gonna happen. But short story, I'd be mad at you. Is today the twelfth? No, today's the thirteenth. That's super disappointing. We should have recorded yesterday. But there are twelve days until Christmas. But there are twelve days till Christmas. Uh oh. How did we plan this? <laughs> We didn't. We just said, oh, yeah, we need to record our podcast. (laughs) Okay. So Lily's like, you can leave now. Or you can stay. And for some reason, somehow he chooses to stay. It doesn't make sense. So maybe she uses the last of her ghost abilities to make him a person. Maybe, but why would he not leave with her? It does not make sense because he spends the whole movie talking about how much he loves this woman. Right. And he was so angry with her for so long that she married his brother, Mm -hmm. which is, again, a reasonable thing for a woman to do during that time Mm -hmm. until he finds out that her child was actually his. Right. Named after him. Right. So. So he could just. Leave with her. Leave with her. And that. And then. And then. I keep wanting to call her Hannah. Uh, Kate learns true meaning of love and then we see her go back to the city and like bump into a guy and then we're like oh we don't need to watch the rest of it we know that they're probably going to fall in love or something because now she knows how to love exactly the end but instead she wakes up the next morning he's gone he's gone 
she, for some reason, goes outside. Yeah, I don't know why. And he is walking out of the woods in a new hat. Yeah, where do you get that hat? And they embrace and kiss and the movie ends. Yep. We don't know if he's a real person now. No, we don't know. The implication is that he can. (laughs) (laughs) Because of the implications. Because of the implications. In him walking from out of the woods, he can leave the property now. Right. But we don't know if he's going to age. Right. We don't know if, you know, we don't know what kind of future there is for him. I, of all the Christmas rom-coms we've seen, this is the one I need a sequel to because (laughs) I need someone to explain everything to me. Right. All right. Hallmark, get on it. So that's all I have to say about that movie. I had a lot of questions. Will they last? Will they last? I feel like (laughs) at that point, I can't answer it, but I feel like if you prevent a ghost from leaving the tangible world to be with their forever sweetheart, you better make it work. You better make it work. You you signed on to a lifelong commitment (laughs) at that point. Yep. Do you think they'll stay at the end? Uh, no, because Molly and What's-His-Face, you know what else would be great in the sequel? Like, he, okay, so he's confounded by cell phones in this. Right. Like, imagine the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. He would probably regret his decision to stay (laughs) if he knew (laughs) where we're at. Right. We need a The Spirit of Christmas five years later. Yeah. That's what the movie should be called. Let's make it. Yeah. Not, or... How how would they shoehorn the word wedding, bride, groom, or marriage into this title? Because I feel like that's, like, that's the next logical step. I think it would have to be a colon, so, like... It would be marrying the spirit of Christmas. Oh, look at you. All right. You know where I want to put this on our list? Where do you want to put it? Um, underneath Christmas Perfection. Where is Christmas Perfection? <gasps> That's so high. Well, it's not really that high. We have 51 movies on our list now. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I, I would definitely watch this before Battlefield Earth, so yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of movies I would watch this before, but I like... <sighs> I like that with a few exceptions that the Christmas rom-coms are consistently higher on our list. That was because Christmas is magical. Oh, okay. It's (laughs) so magical. It brings ghosts back from the dead. Why? You know what? Thanks, Charles Dickens, for associating Christmas with ghosts. Yeah. It's a weird combination. You know, Halloween, they're, they're like... You can't have a, a monopoly on ghosts All at right. Halloween. We got to throw some at Christmas, too. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, we don't know what movie we're doing next. We might do Jack Frost. We might do Love Actually. We might. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we might do the Santa Claus 3. Yeah. We'll see. We don't know. Who knows? Um, we're not going to tell you which Jack Frost we're going to do because there are two of them. So we'll just kind of surprise you if we go that route. And uh, hopefully for New Year's Eve, we'll do Terror Train. 
just to get you guys psyched for that little Jamie Lee Curtis action. Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts or things that you want to toss out there? It's probably the longest podcast we've done in the past couple weeks. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. This movie was something. It it was. I'm going to go rewatch it so I can try to figure it out. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, if you want to head over to ajourneyintofilm.com and leave some comments, you can do that too. And we will talk to you guys next week. Go listen to the 12 Days of Christmas. 